got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. Welcome into the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by HoopBall and Hoop-Ball.com. Actually, wait a minute, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's go ahead and get this Kendrick Lamar out of here. This is the Sacramento Kings podcast. Let's go ahead and drop this intro on him. Yeah, yeah. Drink. Look, uh, riddle me this. How many records I need to put out so you know I can spit? Ain't popping no pills. You do as you wish, like Cole say. Take a look at my wrist and got it on me, but I keep it on me when I go to events. And like I got some homies that move inside us when the one around them say so you know they legit. I'm in the cut, ayy. I know some homies that's ready to go every time we got them for love, ayy. She tell me she feeling me. I am not with it. She ended up getting the stuff, ayy. I put a million away in the bag. All the cases was starting to get rough, ayy. But it ain't never get rough, ayy. Look. I'm an edit for hooping and rapping and static. I'm rapping in front of this camera. Ain't no comparison. Now they see me on the screen and I'm spinning out. He like a cannon. Shout out to Nicky, man. Y'all wanna know? Try have some fun. Yeah, that's all I'm about. Well, you better watch your mouth. Cause I'll put some words together and clean it. Rapper, rapper out. Now I'm yelling dreams till the day I die. I got a squad with me. They gon' ride. They keep on asking me how do I do it. And I never tell them I keep it inside. I feel like a student. I've been on the road. City to city. I'm putting on shows. I'm writing a verse on a plane. I'm going insane. That's something you already know. Look, I ain't never been patient. I know I was up. I ain't wanna hit nothing else. And they try to tell me I wouldn't make it. Oh well, I was rolling with the cards that I had dealt. Now I'm cooking up good like a good chef. Yo, Ma, why you always gotta go left? Cause if I change up, wouldn't be myself. And plus, why change something you ain't stopped yet? Oh, MB35 can go, man. Marvin Bagley the third. Thought we dropped that today. He put it on Twitter. His new album comes out on the 24th, August 24th. That's on Saturday, man. Congratulations to him. I'm looking forward to it. I went back on YouTube and listened to some of the tracks that he's down. My only concern, man, is when I listen to hip hop, I, I hate. I like guys that are that are versatile, that can change their sound. Like Kendrick Lamar, if you follow me on Instagram, you know Kendrick Lamar is my favorite rapper. And he has an ability, like he has different tones. He has like different personalities when he raps. And I think that's one of the cool things about Dame Lillard when he raps is he can create different sounds, which create different personalities. J. Cole does the same thing. Lil Wayne does the same thing. There are a lot of guys who who just, you know, their different sounds are kind of different personalities. And... It helps, you know, when you're listening through the course of a 10, 12, 15 song album because it doesn't get it doesn't get repetitive. It doesn't sound like the same thing over and over again. And that's one of the biggest problems in hip hop today is everything sounds the same. Like you're it's like you're listening to the same thing over and over and over again. You're listening to the same sound over and over and over again. So I'm looking forward to hearing what Marvin Bagley, the third drops on the 24th to get an idea of. Because I've heard some of his mixtapes, you know, of his mixtapes that are available on YouTube. Heard the freestyles that he did in the the, the the little Dame Lillard versus Marvin Bagley thing. But I, I, I want to get a better feel for what he is in this polished up album, man. So I'm looking forward to that. And congratulations uh, to Marvin Bagley III for the release of the album as well. And thank you so much for tuning in, man. Had to hit that little intro here for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoop Ball and Hoop dashball.com make sure you check them out for all of your basketball news and make sure you check them out the whole hoop ball podcast network if you're a clippers fan or you want to get some insight on the clippers the nets the lakers uh they've got podcasts all over the nba uh and if you're a big fantasy uh, basketball fan make sure you check out their fantasy podcast that they post uh, all throughout the week as well greatly appreciate everybody tuning in and has made the start of the show a monster success make sure you tell all your friends about it as the season is just about two months away uh, make sure you subscribe, and if you wouldn't mind, uh, rate and review, particularly there on Apple Podcasts. Those ratings and those reviews go a very, very long way in helping get this podcast noticed all around the sports world. So thank you so much for checking us out, man. I can't believe we're about to do this. I can't believe this is what I'm leading with. There's a number of things we got to talk about today, uh, including 
little bit of love from from the national media. As a matter of fact, the two main stories today have to do with the national media. And one of these I'm absolutely stunned by. It was on the jump yesterday. And I, I, I've played this clip in my, I've played this clip like over and over and over again, at least, at least three or four times trying to figure out how I can edit and cut it down without it losing its context. And I figured out there's no way that I can't. So I'm going to bring you into this conversation that Brian Winhurst, uh, Tim McMahon and Royce Young had on the jump. Uh, this was yesterday. So I'm going to play this for you and I'm going to give, I'm not going to, we're not going to take it out of context. We're going to present it to you uh, exactly as it was presented on national television. And okay, I'll save my thoughts for after you hear it. You could form your opinions. You could shoot us a text message when you're listening to this as well. 916-888-5898. Again, courtesy of ESPN. This is The Jump yesterday talking about De'Aaron Fox. Let's move on to De'Aaron Fox, who is apparently happy in Sacramento. He told 137pm.com, that's right, that he loves Sacramento, is not looking to play in a big market. Here's the quote. I don't crave to be in a big market. After last season, there was a buzz in Sacramento. Everyone in Sacramento is a Kings fan. If we start making the playoffs or we become a championship contender, the entire city is going to go nuts. That's the difference between being in a big market and a small one. I appreciate his sentiments. I don't know if everybody in Sacramento is a Kings fan. I think the Lakers get some cheers when they go there. But do you buy what Fox is selling here, Tim? Well, I, I, look, does he want to stay in Sacramento long-term if they take steps and they become a perennial playoff team? I'm sure that makes sense. And I, I do think, though, there is something to being the only show in town. Arco Arena used to be an absolute madhouse when the Kings were a perennial playoff team and a legitimate contender. Now I think you see the crowds in Oklahoma City over the last decade, Utah. I think Portland has uh, has some of that vibe. There is a different feel. You know, Dirk Nowitzki once kind of compared it uh, to, to a, a college atmosphere when it's that one show in town. Those do tend to be the uh, the rowdiest crowds and, and the best atmospheres. What what year is this for, for De'Aaron Fox? Is this his third going year? into his third year. Yeah. We'll see what he says in year six, year seven. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I can pull up, I can pull you a, a list and give you about 25 Kevin Durant quotes that sound almost <laughs> exactly like that. And and I'm not saying that Kevin Durant didn't mean him at the time, and De'Aaron Fox most likely means exactly what he's saying. But players feel dif- differently when, when things play out, when they see what happens, whether it's with the coaching staff, teammates of theirs, things that are occurring around the league. They become friends with somebody else in the league. And the way that they feel now is not necessarily the way that they feel in the future. And, they sh- and that shouldn't be held against them. You know, like I said, you can look at Kevin Durant quotes where he says the same sort of things about Oklahoma City. And th- that shouldn't be necessarily held against him because people change their motivations, change well, circumstances. He did, he did withdraw from Team USA to focus on the playoffs. Yeah. We'll believe right. that. And, and, and the Kings being a perennial playoff team is a pretty big if considering <laughs> they do have the longest postseason drought in the league. A nice young core but not necessarily the most stable franchise. Some players mean it, though. Damian Lillard has said it, he has yeah, stood by it, and he true. has doubled down on it with Portland. All right, let me say a couple things about this. Number one, before I even say it, I think I really like De'Aaron Fox as a person, and I like his game, and I like his attitude. Mm-hmm. One, this is the time where you want to pledge your allegiance to mm-hmm. your team because they control you. And not only that, he's a year away from a contract extension, and if I were him, I'd be thinking about being a max player. Absolutely. So you want to... Tell the whole fan base and your team that you're included. I'm not saying that that's what he's doing here, but it's it's smart smart business. The second thing I will say is talking to some Kings players last year, they have this nice little core of young guys. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich, De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley. 
they really believe that group is going to come together and change the future of the Kings. And I think that the, one of the things that they want to do is they want to devote themselves to, together and they want to sort of grow as a group. So I do believe that there is some sincerity in what he's saying, but it's interesting to point out. Uh, he- so there it is. There's the clip from The Jump with Brian Winhurst, Tim McMahon, and Roy Young in its entirety. Roy Young was pointing out Kevin Durant because he covered Durant when he was in Oklahoma City. There's so much to take away from this. First, the amount of shade that Brian Winhurst throws at Sacramento and at De'Aaron Fox, all before his nice little fluffy, I, I kind of believe what they might be doing with their core and all of that stuff, that little piece you heard there at the end. It's pretty extraordinary because you go back and you talk about uh, uh, he's happy in Sacramento, almost like almost like he can't believe that that, that would be the case. No, he told one thing. Take, take a listen uh, to him Let's move on here. to De'Aaron Fox, who is apparently happy in Sacramento. Like he's <laughs> stunned. Like I'm shocked. That De'Aaron Fox is happy in Sacramento. He goes on to talk about Laker fans being at the Golden One Center. And then you can't, obviously, you you can't see this because you're listening to the podcast. But he drops the air quotes when he talks about focusing on the playoffs. Now, that I get because you know we outlined this last time. I don't really know that making the playoffs is the reason that De'Aaron Fox withdrew from USA Basketball. And I still maintain it doesn't matter. Uh, we'll talk about USA basketball here in in a, in a heartbeat, but the one takeaway, or I, I should say, the biggest takeaway that I have from this conversation regarding De'Aaron Fox on August twenty first, two thousand and nineteen, is yo, we're doing this already. How good is De'Aaron Fox that we've already heard? Max Kellerman tried to shift them off to the Lakers on an appearance on first take. We've already heard the jump do an entire segment questioning, like, why would De'Aaron Fox say he loves Sacramento? He's a year away. He's going to be a Sacramento King for the foreseeable future for at, at least five more years. And he is, or probably, you know, four to five more years. He's a year away, and they, out, they, they said this. He's a year away from almost certainly be becoming a max player. And we're already trying to shuffle him out of here. And by we, I mean they, them. This is the second time that ESPN, or at least the second time that I can remember that ESPN has tried to shuffle De'Aaron Fox off of the Sacramento Kings. And that tells you how good he is. If nothing else, that tells you how good you could talk about how it disrespects the Sacramento Kings franchise, how it disrespects the young core and all of that. We'll talk about that in a second. But if nothing else, it tells you how good De'Aaron Fox is that you have a segment on the Daily Basketball Show talking about, man, why would De'Aaron say he likes it in Sacramento? I just I don't get it. This is baffling. This is confusing. Why would De'Aaron like it in Sacramento? Better yet, why would anybody like it in Sacramento? And he talks about the, you know, the vibe. He talks about the buzz in Sacramento last year. And if we become a championship contender, the entire city is going to go nuts, man. He's right. He's 100% right because there are people who are listening to this podcast right now. There are people that are Kings fans that have no idea what it's like for the Kings to make the playoffs. They have no idea what that they hear people bitching and complaining about 2001 and game six and, and all of that. And the Chris Webber injury and then rushing him back mid-season and throwing off the chemistry. There are people listening to this podcast that they've heard about it, but they didn't live through it. They didn't live through everybody, you know, rocking the purple on game days in the playoffs and the cowbells and 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 the cow towns and that whole deal. Like they didn't, they weren't around for that. And with where the arena is positioned now, 
and just the overall growth of downtown Sacramento. Oh yeah. Yeah. Darren's right, man. There's the whole city's going to go crazy. It's going to go absolutely nuts, but they got to get there first. And how far away they are from making the playoffs, how far they are away from, from being a championship contender. Well, that, that remains to be seen, you know, after Brian Winhurst uh, threw about 47 shades over the uh, Sacramento Kings in that, in that jump segment, he did talk about bogey and MB three in, in De'Aaron and, and, and Harry Giles and the young group of guys that they got here that, that I think a lot of the league actually believes in, which ties into something that ESPN.com posted uh, over the last couple of days as well, talking about uh, the most underrated teams. They talked about teams that are overrated and underrated all throughout the NBA. They broke it down by conferences and, there were some people, it, it, it's funny, Brooklyn made it an appearance on the overrated list and the underrated list. Uh, but it, when it came to the Western Conference and they were talking about most underrated teams, Bobby Marks, uh, front office insider, he thought the Kings were extremely underrated. This is a quote from Bobby Marks here. The team that won 39 games a season ago was penalized by a deep Western Conference. The King bolstered their depth with free agent signings of Corey Joseph, Trevor Ariza, and Dwayne Dedman return their starting five and are still projected to drop two games in the win column for 2019-20. If the Kings can get an all-star type season from De'Aaron Fox, the same consistency from Buddy Heald, and continued development by Marvin Bagley III, they should win 45 to 46 games and compete for one of the final playoff spots this season or hey Sedano also chimed in uh most uh, uh underrated team in the western conference it's sacramento i thought hard about oklahoma city at 33 wins but decided on the kings while i don't expect them to make the playoffs i do believe that they'll improve upon last season's win total even after a big jump last season fox is arguably the best young point guard in the nba and new coach luke walton wants the Kings to play a fast-paced style that fits their personnel perfectly. So there's a couple of uh, national media writers, front office insiders, uh, television personalities chiming in on what they think about the Sacramento Kings this upcoming season. I want to go back to, I'm going to try to uh, get Aaron Bruski on the podcast for for next week, the first podcast that we drop next Tuesday. I'm going to see if I can get uh, Bruski on. But if you go back to the to the first conversation we had when we launched this podcast back in episode number one, he was talking about the wild card and how Luke Walton is kind of the wild card and how trying to figure out uh, what Luke Walton is going to do with this personnel. Because on the surface, you just look like it and go, well, you don't change much, right? You have a style, you have a technique that works. You have to improve defensively and probably most importantly, and everyone who sat through particularly the last quarter of the season last year will tell you, these guys got to figure out how to way to close games. It looked like they were closing games at a rate that we had never seen them before in the first half of the season. When we saw a bogey hit buzzer beaters, we saw De'Aaron do the same thing. We saw this team win close games, but then suddenly we saw them lose 19-point leads to Phoenix. We saw that that just just incredible performance from uh, D'Angelo Russell and the Brooklyn Nets and that horrifying performance from the Sacramento Kings where they blew a 28-point lead. And I can't we had some sort of company event the next day. I I don't I don't recall what it was at all. But 
it was some sort of event where we had to be at in, in, it involved the Sacramento Kings and we were around the coaches following that loss to Brooklyn and listening to them talk about how their night went and, and, you know, coach Gates, you know, doing film sessions with, with different clients, showing them how they watch film and, you know, looking back, like, you know, everyone was like, what, what happened last night? I was up till four in the morning watching the film, trying to figure it out. And he lays it all out. And we all remember that there were just points in the final quarter of the season where it felt like the Kings couldn't close even the final game of the regular season, which I wonder how much that game played into projections, whether it's ESPN projections or it's Las Vegas projections or it's just overall projections. I wonder how much that final game against Portland played into, you know, people thinking that the Kings were going to win 37 games or, you know, we've seen as low as 35, you know, basically falling off of, of what they did last year, saying that the growth that they made last year wasn't even real, saying many of the games that they won were probably, it was probably just lucky. And I wonder how many people look back at that game against Portland and go, yeah, that's kind of a microcosm of the season. They looked really good for a portion of it. Then they blew the lead and they went on to lose and they were like, I can never remember the number, but I know it's something horrifying. Like they were outscored 77 to 40 something at the, as, as that game tailed off and it's just, okay. You know, you've got all of these people. Remember things aren't as wonderful as the last time you saw them and they're not as bad as the last time you saw them either. But that last memory is the one that's the greatest in your mind. And that, that could be the case with people who looked at the Sacramento Kings. That last performance against Portland, oh, it's just, that's indicative of what the Kings were. We saw them do it against Phoenix. We saw them do it against Portland. We saw them do it against teams time after time after time. This team is not ready. And they were right, by the way. The team isn't ready. That team last year wasn't ready. The question is, is this team this year ready? With the additions of, of Corey Joseph and Trevor Ariza and Dwayne Dedman and Here's the the only thing, one of my biggest concerns in watching, you know, watching Team USA beat Australia in that in that scrimmage on uh, Wednesday night. It I can't lie, like I, I don't said this last last podcast. Whatever De'Aaron wants to do, whatever Marvin Bagley wants to do, those two are professionals. Uh, they've got an 82 game season coming up ahead of them. They're striving to make the playoffs. It's the longest drought. In, in NBA, in the NBA right now of not making the playoffs. And, hey, if they want to step away and they want to mentally as much as physically prepare for that, dude, I totally get it. But watching that scrimmage against Australia, I kept looking at it like, man, I really wish De'Aaron was out there. Because I looked at what Kemba Walker did, and I was just thinking, man, yo, that backwards Kemba and De'Aaron Fox, like, sign me up for that just as a De'Aaron Fox fan because I know how De'Aaron good, how good De'Aaron is. Now you're getting some extra run with with the likes of Kemba Walker, who I think is one of the best guards in the league, and then, of course, Greg Popovich and that entire coaching staff, and then the rest of the roster. I hate that the Sacramento Kings contingent isn't there. I'm happy Harrison Barnes is there, but I think of the three that were there in Las Vegas, the one who has the least to gain is Harrison Barnes because he's done this before. He's been around USA basketball. He's... He's like a USA basketball lifer. He's he's been around them forever. Like this, this experience isn't new to him. But it was new for De'Aaron. And it was new for Marvin Bagley. And I'm sure they've been on, you know, U17, U18, USA basketball teams and all that. But this is a different level. Now we're talking about the NBA. 
this is your chance to be a part of it as, as a member of the National Basketball Association. And this is your chance, probably, hopefully, your only chance to play under Greg Popovich and to play under Steve Kerr and to be around that many different basketball minds for that stretch of time. We're really... That's that like you're you're that's that's all you've got. You've got those USA basketball guys for the next, you know, 20 some odd days at this point. So it, when he first withdrew, it was like, ah, I don't really care. Like, whatever. But watching those guys play last night, particularly watching how good Kemba Walker was, it was like, man, I really wish De'Aaron was there. I think he could have gotten a lot out of it. And again, it's it's cool that he chose not to. It's fine. Same thing with Bagley. But I I I still hate the, we're focused on making the playoffs. I think that's so cheesy. But I, w- I would really have loved to see uh, De'Aaron Fox because that dude is, that dude is the future. When you're, when you, you know, in a, in, a, in a couple of years where you're talking about the best point guards in the league, I think you're going to be talking about De'Aaron Fox. His name is going to be mentioned, you know, right at the top. Maybe not even when you're isolating it to, to point guards. Maybe when you're just talking about uh, guards, period. That actually brings me to something else. I was looking at, I, I came across uh, something on one of the SB Nation websites. I, I think it was the Utah Jazz one. And it was talking about the best, the best backcourts, the best starting backcourts in the NBA. And I was floored because it was the top 10, right? And I thought, okay. I like this. Let, let's let's see where where they put um let's see where they put De'Aaron and, and, and Buddy. Yo, they put those two as an honorable mention. Like they didn't even crack the top ten. Let me give you the top ten here real quick. Ricky Rubio and Devin Booker is number ten. Devin, I'm so Devin Booker is the most overrated player in the NBA. No one gets a pass like Devin Booker does. Like he has had the, he had the trashiest, what was it? 70 point game in history. Just absolute garbage. He, he's the score. Okay, fine. He's on Phoenix. Okay, fine. So we're supposed to say, oh, we've got to get Devin Booker out of, out of uh, Phoenix because he's just, he, Phoenix is just ruining him. Like, oh, it's, it's the, it's 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 like what they were trying to do with De'Aaron Fox on the jump. Like we've got to get we've got to get De'Aaron. He's so good. We've got to get him out of we've got to get him out of Sacramento. Sacramento's going to ruin him. Yo, man, Devin Booker's overrated. And I think that video of him calling for no double teams is funny. I don't really have a take on it. I don't care. I don't know what the etiquette is for for uh, for professional basketball players playing pickup. I didn't I didn't know before uh, that video came out that you're not allowed to double team in in open gym, but. I just look at Devin Booker like, man, this this dude is so overrated. Can anybody say, can anybody listening to this say definitively without a question mark that Devin Booker is really, really good? Can anyone say that? Because he's talked about as if he's great. It's like, yo, he's a scorer on a team with absolutely zero scores. That's not his fault. But are we sure he's not Kevin Martin? Like, are we sure he's not a scorer on a bad team? I get so tired when I hear about the young talent in the NBA that Devin Booker's name is always like right near the top. And hey, I get it, dude. These guys are basketball minds. I'm not. I'm 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 a fan, man. I'm a media guy. I I, I talk for a living. I just don't see it. Or at least I haven't yet. <laughs> 
Jamal Murray and Gary Harris make the list at number nine. Ben Simmons and Josh Richardson, Malcolm Brogdon and Victor Oladipo. None of these backcourts have actually played together yet. Oh, here's another one that hasn't played together yet. Kemba Walker and Jalen Brown. Okay, then. Kyrie Irving and Karis LeVert. Again, not a single backcourt has played together. Steph Curry and D'Angelo Russell. Not a single backcourt. Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell, these guys have yet to play a single game together. James Harden and Russell Westbrook, they haven't played together in years. And then at number one, the one duo on this entire list that has played together, Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum. Buddy and De'Aaron is nice. Like, I don't know. I, I could say that with a, a completely impartial view. Like Those two together are nice. And that's one of the nicest backcourts in the NBA. I understand, you know, when you start looking at teams like, uh, you start looking at teams like, uh, you know, Portland and Denver, obviously Golden State. Golden State, that's going to be, you know, subbed out. It's going to be Steph Curry and Klay Thompson as the season rolls along here. But as I was, you know, I looked at that and I'm reading this article like, okay, wait, is this is this the top 10 for for backcourts that haven't played together? And then I saw number one. And I saw De'Aaron and Buddy as an honorable mention and thought, oh, okay, this doesn't make any sense at all. But that's the beauty of being a fan, right? That's the beauty of having a blog. That's the beauty of having a podcast is you get to spread your opinions. And if I was going to rate backcourts, I don't think the Sacramento Kings backcourt would be an honorable mention. And I don't think there would be too many names in front of them. I don't think there'd be too many backcourts in front of them. I'm intrigued by a lot of these. I'm intrigued about Malcolm Brogdon and Victor Oladipo, but I haven't seen them play together yet. I love Kimball Walker and Jalen Brown, but I haven't seen them play together yet. Kyrie Irving and Karis LeVert. I'm intrigued with anybody who could play with Kyrie Irving. Steph Curry and D'Angelo Russell. Yep. Curious. I'm legit curious. I think Mike Conley is a great addition with Donovan Mitchell in Utah. James Harden and Russell Westbrook, we haven't seen them play together in years. I'm a huge fan of Russell Westbrook. And then Dame and CJ, like, the, the, it's proven the success is there. But an honorable mention for Buddy and De'Aaron, like, those are two guys who might be max players in a little over a year. Gonna have a max backcourt. I like what Bobby Marks said, by the way, talking about the, you know, if you get an all-star type season from De'Aaron Fox and the same consistency from Buddy Heald, because that's what I was hoping for. I can't imagine Buddy Heald making another jump like he did last year. If he is that player, the Sacramento Kings are in great shape. The one thing that I worry about, and I started to allude to this a little bit ago when I first read Bobby Mark's quote, the one thing that I worry about is De'Aaron Fox took such a big jump from year one to year two. I get concerned that people expect the same thing from Marvin Bagley. I think what De'Aaron did wasn't normal. Like, that was an abnormal jump. Like, he improved... Like, in every facet of the game. He was more aggressive. He had a year under his belt. He was clearly the leader of that team. He was significantly better defensively. He did everything better. And, man, could, I mean, could Bagley do that? Because I feel like, I feel like that's an unfair barometer descent. If Marvin Bagley improves in his sophomore campaign, dude, that's great. That's a win. But thinking he's going to make a jump similar to what De'Aaron Fox did, I think is a bit crazy. I think if he makes any sort of a jump, it's a win. Same with Harry Giles. Harry Giles makes any sort of jump, it's a win for the Sacramento Kings. But it starts with De'Aaron 
and the the type of season that you want him to have. And then, you know, you get that consistency from Buddy Heald, man. I think the Sacramento Kings are in great shape in this coming season. I agree with Bobby Marks. I, I don't have a win total. I don't know how to do that. I think when you try to predict win totals, it always gets a little always gets a little dicey. You can never really lay that out very well. But mid forties, okay. Okay. I also think that Oklahoma City is underrated. Has them at 33 wins. I could I could see them a little bit higher than that. Like I think they're going to be better than teams expect them to be. But it, it, you know, it's the it's someone used this line when one of those two guys used the line when talking about the Sacramento Kings. Uh, it was Sedano. It's the Western Conference is just brutal. They're almost a victim of uh, the Western Conference. But it'll be fun, man. And we're just a couple of months away. Appreciate you tuning in here to the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by HoopBall and Hoop-Ball.com. Make sure you check them out for all of your basketball needs. If you're new to the show, hope you dug what you were listening to. I'm Damian Barling. You can find me on all social media platforms at Damian Barling. That's Twitter and Instagram. You can search Damian Barling on Facebook. Hit the like button there as well. I also host a daily sports talk show. Uh, that is available on this very same podcast platform that you're listening to this Sacramento Kings podcast. Just search Damian Barling, uh, the creatively titled the podcast with Damian Barling. Hit the subscribe button there. Uh, rate and review both shows, uh, particularly if you're on Apple Podcasts. That's super important. Tell all your friends about what we're doing here on the Hoop Ball Podcast Network. Tell all your Sacramento Kings fans what we got going on here, and we're going to have a lot of fun leading in to the regular season again just a couple of months away here you got any thoughts on the show send them my way damien barling at me.com or hit our 24 7 text line at 916-888-5898